0: Coming up on Stew Does America. Andrew Cuomo's daughter comes out as demisexual, which means something. But unfortunately, Andrew Cuomo has still not come out as awful. Expect that anytime though. And just because Netflix canceled the Santa Carita Diet, doesn't mean that the leftist Hollywood elites aren't still eating each other. Grab the A1 sauce and let's do liberal cannibalism. Stew Does America. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, there is a lot going on today. I, the further and further we go down these roads, the, the crazier and crazier everything seems to get. Okay, let me give you a little bit of a rundown. It's going to take a minute just to get through the story before we can actually digest it. Over at ESPN, there's all sorts of trouble, all sorts of problems over there, mainly due to a New York Times story that has just come out. New York Times story comes out and talks about a behind-the-scenes feud that's apparently been uh, conquering the network over the past few weeks. And it has to do with an, a, a, a comment that was caught on video by Rachel Nichols. Uh, she's one of the high-profile uh, NBA reporters and anchors over at ESPN. And, and kind of a, a, a battle with Maria Taylor. Now, basically what happened was Rachel Nichols had this job to do the NBA Finals and anchor some of the coverage there. And right before the NBA Finals, they came to Rachel and they said, hey, Rachel, you're out, Maria Taylor's in. Now, Maria Taylor's black, Rachel Nichols is white, I think. Anyway, uh, so this leads to Rachel Nichols getting a little upset in her own hotel room, getting on a phone, a phone call with uh, LeBron James's advisor, and we'll get to more about that in a second, but here's a clip of the, the audio that was released from that phone call that led to all the trouble. Listen.
1: So they said to me, hey, instead of hosting the NBA Finals, like why don't you do Doris's silent reporter job for the NBA Finals? Because guess what that would clear the way for? Uh, for, for Maria to do the hosting for them. Yeah. Yeah. So. I have declined
0: i don't know what their next move is but they are feeling pressure because of all of that and um i'm trying to figure out
1: like how to just you know my thing is like i you know i wish marie taylor all the success in the world she covers football she covers basketball if you need To give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your, like, crappy, long-time record on diversity, which, by the way, I myself, like, know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just, you know, find it somewhere else. Like, you're not going to find it with me and taking my thing away.
0: All right, so there you go. That's the audio. It's a little hard to hear if you happen to be on podcast and didn't see the words flashing helpfully in front of your face. Basically, Rachel Nichols is pissed off. She's lost her gig to this woman who she suspects is being elevated because ESPN has what she believes is a bad record on diversity issues. And they're giving a black woman the job because it's just to help diversity, to help the kind of play into the woke crowd. As she points out, she also believes this is an issue at ESPN. She says it's an issue because she's a woman and she couldn't get promoted because she was a woman. Now she's kind of fighting back on the other side. Now. The leak is the source of the leak is kind of interesting. We'll get into this in a little bit. But shockingly enough, Maria Taylor, the anchor, uh, the black anchor who is going to get the job, is in the middle of a contract negotiation. So I don't know who leaked the uh, the video. Who knows? I mean, it could be anybody. Could be a janitor at ESPN. Could be anyone. Who knows? Now, Rachel uh, Nichols was booted from her NBA Finals sideline gig uh, after these uh, these uh, comments came to light. This is the new development today, which is a big one because she had the sideline gig after this uh, all happened. This is back in 2020. Someone held on to this recording for a year and leaked it right at this moment. Did I mention that Maria Taylor's in the middle of a contract negotiation? Uh, totally to the side here. Uh, but... So now Rachel Nichols has not only lost her anchoring gig, she's lost her sideline reporting gig. Uh, it's been a, a, a lot of a lot of back and forth over there. And you see that there's no really good people in any of this. I mean, Rachel Nichols is saying, well, uh, I I don't like, you know, I don't like that. The woke stuff is hurting me. I, I of course, like the woke stuff. I, I was mad about it all when when it was, you know, when I was uh, just when I was being thwarted by this because I'm a woman. Uh, Now it's not no longer coming to my advantage. So I'm upset about it. Maria Taylor seems to be using this for her uh, benefit. ESPN doesn't seem to be good on any of this stuff either. Uh, Maria Taylor wound up writing uh, emails after hearing about this tape. And it was distributed around ESPN over the past year. She was very upset and she decided to write a letter, uh, an email to uh, ESPN. She says, quote, I will not call myself a victim. But I certainly have felt victimized. Now, I I mean, it seems like you are calling yourself a victim. Anyway, uh, and I do not feel as though my complaints have been taken seriously. She wrote in an email to ESPN executives, including uh, Pataro. He's one of the executives mentioned uh, throughout the article. Two weeks after the incident, which was obtained by the Times. I wonder how the Times obtained it. It's weird. It's a letter between... Maria Taylor and ESPN management and somehow the New York Times not only got the details of this email, but also the video right at the time Maria Taylor was renegotiating her contract. What a strange series of coincidences. It's very odd. You know, what would ESPN leak it? Like would ESPN in the middle of their NBA coverage leak Not only the audio that takes down one of their main anchors, but also an internal email from one of the participants in the scandal. Why would they? I mean, I guess there's two options as to who could have leaked it ESPN or Maria Taylor or someone associated with Maria Taylor. We don't know which one it could be. Anyway, more from this internal email from Maria Taylor to management. In fact, the first time I, Maria Taylor, have heard from HR after two incidents of racial insensitivity was to ask if I leaked Rachel's tape to the media. I I would never do that. I guess we have our answer as to who leaked it. It couldn't have been Maria Taylor. She said specifically she would never do it. She added, simply being a front-facing black woman at this company has taken its toll mentally and physically. Wow, what an... You have to understand, the multiple millions of dollars she's been earning and all the fame and fortune, uh, that's oppression. It's it's hand in hand. Some of this oppression is so devious that it makes makes your bank account have tons and tons of zeros after the numbers. It's just... Just just awful. Now, look, there is a an obvious and understandable instinct. I know I have it. I bet you have it as well. I love when liberals eat their own. It's delicious. It's tasty. It's hard to think. Think of anything that could bring you more joy because this is not a conservative versus liberal issue here. This is wokeness on top of wokeness on top of wokest layers and layers and layers of wokeness. You can't even separate who's more woke because ESPN's certainly very woke. Uh, Maria Taylor's certainly very woke. But Rachel Nichols is also very woke. She's embracing all of the wokeness. She just doesn't like that it's hurt her and her money. That's the problem Rachel Nichols is having here. She doesn't care if some other idiot loses his job. Is he a white male? Go ahead, take it. But don't take it from me. That's wrong. Now, remember the other interesting part of this is Rachel Nichols is on the phone during this conversation with LeBron James PR advisor Uh, 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 Mendelssohn. Now, Mendelssohn uh, (laughs) had a little bit of an issue as well, and it's interesting to see these guys talk behind closed doors a little bit, because they know, just like we know, and everyone knows, that they're exhausted. This is an exhausting process. No one can ever be woke enough, and this is exhausting quote here. Uh, we have the, the audio from this part of the conversation. It's a little bit difficult to hear once again. We'll kind of give you the rundown as to what is in the, the clip here in just a second. Listen. I don't know. I'm, I don't know, know, I'm exhausted. Between Me Too and you Black and Lives Matter, I got nothing left. in a prominent spot.
1: and feel like, okay, the hard work is done. We're not. And you certainly don't get to say, I mean, you
0: have a right for you have a woman. You have a here. Basically there, if you couldn't hear all of the audio, they're saying like, you shouldn't have, it shouldn't be a battle between a black woman and a white woman for this one spot that they give to women or women of color. Uh, it should, all women should be able to go after white man, male positions as well. And of course, that's obviously true. In my view, it should be merit based for all of these roles. Um, is there anything though that hit you as you were listening to that tape or the tape previously? Was there anything that sounded strange to you? Did you feel weird that you were listening to a woman speak on a private telephone call in her hotel room? Apparently it's okay to leak recordings of women in their hotel rooms now. And it's also okay for the New York Times to post the recording. But I will tell you, All their privacy concerns that they have are out the window here for these ESPN employees, but they still apply to Hunter Biden. They still haven't written about the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. That's off limits for them, but here they are once again, taking a private recording of a private incident between two people in a hotel, invading the space of a woman's hotel room. Putting that all over the internet, No problem at all. But Hunter Biden's laptop that he dropped off at a location and never picked up, that's off limits. Also odd that ESPN, who's gone through multiple issues with this, where recordings of previous anchors have been uh, put all over the internet and they were violating uh, women inside of their hotel rooms. This is okay. This is totally okay. It's interesting to hear Rachel Nichols talk about all this though because she's both complaining about and using wokeness in her own favor. She's trying to say, look, I should be able to hold on to my gig, and I understand I was a victim of it. But on the other side of it, eh, it I shouldn't be the victim of it this time. Uh, Maybe let let some other white dude lose his job over it. She did, however, have to address this on her show today. Here is uh, Rachel Nichols and her apology. So the first thing they teach you in journalism school is, don't be the story. And I don't plan to break that rule today or distract from a fantastic finals. But I also don't want to let this
1: moment pass without saying how much I respect, how much I value our colleagues here at ESPN, how deeply, deeply sorry I am for disappointing those I hurt,
0: particularly Maria Taylor, and how grateful I am to be part of this outstanding team. Mm, first of all, I mean, it's really not a fantastic NBA Finals. Phoenix and Milwaukee, hey, let's, let's, let's not overstate the case here. But beyond that, this po- apology thing is constant. you got to stop with these apologies. The apologies are painful. This, what does this do for Rachel Nichols or for ESPN or for Maria Taylor or anyone else? There's no reason for her to be apologizing here. Think about the ridiculous apologies we've had to sit through lately. For example, In the Heights, the movie that came out um, about, uh, I don't know, dancing in streets of Brooklyn or something. I don't even know what it was about. But it was a musical by uh, Manuel Lynn Miranda, right? Or Lynn Manuel Miranda or some, some combination of those three words in some, I don't know, whatever his name is. The bottom line is he came up with this apology. Listen to this apology. Now, the issue here at, at stake with this movie was that apparently he had all basically all Hispanics in this movie but he didn't have a high enough percentage of the Hispanics that had darker skin. So he had Hispanics, they were almost all Hispanics, but too many of the Hispanics were light-skinned Hispanics, and that was the controversy. Listen to this apology. I started writing In the Heights because I didn't feel seen. And over the past 20 years, all I wanted was for us, all of us, to feel seen. I'm seeing the discussion around afro latinos representation in our film this weekend. And it is clear that many of our dark-skinned, Afro-Latino community don't feel sufficiently represented within it, particularly among the leading roles. I can hear the hurt and frustration over colorism of feeling still unseen in the feedback. I hear that without sufficient dark-skinned, Afro-Latino representation. The work feels extractive of the community. We wanted so much to represent with pride and joy. In trying to paint a mosaic of this community, we felt short. I'm truly sorry. I'm learning from the feedback. I thank you for raising it and I'm listening. I'm trying to hold space for both the incredible pride in the movie we made and be accountable for our shortcomings. Thanks for your honest feedback. I promise to do better in my future projects and I'm dedicated to the learning and evolving we all have to do to make sure we are honoring our diverse and vibrant community do you feel any connection with LeBron James advisor after that? it's exhausting there's not a word of that that he meant not a word of it because it's complete and utter nonsense And the same thing applies to Rachel Nichols. She's pissed off. Here's what she should have said. You want to know what she should have said? Here's what she should have said. Hey, you know what? You were hearing a private conversation that I had with someone right after I lost a freaking job. A job, by the way, that I think I'm more qualified for and was actually in my written contract. So, yes, I was pissed off. And also, while I'm a bit biased, I guess... I think I'm better at doing that job than she is. Maybe she's better than me and I'm making excuses, but I don't think so. It's my job. It's my freaking money. And I'm not going to just sit here and take it while the woke brigade rolls all over me. I earn that job and I owe it to myself to say so. No one says things like that. They all say, oh, oh, oh. I'm so, oh, you don't understand how sorry I am. Do you not feel represented? So how, if you're ESPN or anybody in this world, do you win? Is there a way for anyone to win? I don't know that there is. Nichols is in trouble for suspecting race is the issue with why she lost the job and why Maria Taylor got the job. Okay, so she suspects race is the issue. However, What have we been hearing from all the woke people for all this time? Woke doctrine says race must be the issue. Nichols is only suspecting what the woke say is required of employers. Got it? Rachel Nichols is just saying, hey, I think there might be race involved and it pisses me off. But the woke is saying that race must be involved. It can't just be merit. You must put people in power because of their race. We must make decisions based on skin color. And when she says she thinks that's the problem, they say, well, you're not allowed to say that. This is a nonstop circuitous bunch of crap going on and no one could survive it. You're never woke enough, no matter how many times, no matter if you make your entire cast all Hispanic, they won't be dark skinned enough for the woke mob. ESPN is woke. And that stance has placed them in a position of weakness. Wokeness is weakness. Rachel Nichols is woke. And that stance has placed her in a position of weakness. Wokeness is weakness. Maria Taylor is woke too. Instead of negotiating her contract from a position of strength based on her own merit, she is relying on a series of leaks and accusations to frame her multi-million dollar career as one of constant victimization. And that stance has placed her in a position of weakness. Wokeness is weakness. No matter what side of this dangerous game you're on, if you're always woke, you're always weak. In a position of strength. That's the moral of the story. Don't put yourself in a position of weakness. You don't want that. When you're buying or selling a home, you want to be in a position of strength, not a position of weakness. If you're in a position of weakness, you're going to get a terrible deal, whether it's a terrible deal for uh, the purchase of a home that you're selling or a terrible deal on the, on the price that you're buying a home for. Right now, that's happening to lots of people. You better have a real estate agent who is on your side, who understands The best place to negotiate is not a place of weakness. You want to be in a position of strength when you're negotiating, and that's what Real Estate Agents I Trust can do for you. No matter where you are in the country, you go to the site, they give you the person nearby you who is the best agent in your area. Sometimes many people, a nice little choice, a plethora of people for you to choose from. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Don't forget, boys and girls, we have a podcast. And I want to remind you to subscribe to the Stu Does America podcast if you have not already. It's completely free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Convenient links are available at StuDoesAmerica.com. Remember, rate and review. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. And you can write anything you want in the review. I don't really care. I barely even read them. But, you know, it's great, Whatever. That's totally fine. I'm so happy to welcome to the program Bobby Burok. He is a media, sports and political columnist over at OutKick. And his newest piece is the truth behind the Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor, Taylor leak. Uh, I'll be sure to link uh, tweet out a link here uh, shortly. Bobby, how's it going?
1: Stu, I love that promo. I actually just took a break here and subscribed to the Stu Does America podcast. And I have a new list. I've been looking for one for a while because, as you know, our media is. Gives us so little to actually want to consume. <laughs> it really so does.
0: Props you. Thank you very much. I'm glad these are working on somebody. I do appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so, Bobby, this is an interesting story. We talked a little bit about all the sort of woke stuff surrounding this ESPN situation, but you know this better than anybody. Can you kind of bring us back to like what prompted all of this? What's the backstory?
1: Yeah, so we're going back to about two, three years ago, ESPN's main studio host for NBA Countdown was Michelle Beadle. ESPN was paying her $5 million a year, about $3, 4000000 million a year more than she was worth. She's really bad at the job. The producers weren't a fan of her. The viewers weren't a fan of her. So they had to move her. So they had two people that they were considering. Rachel Nichols, who was a veteran NBA host, been there probably probably covered the NBA for 30 years, and Maria Taylor, an up-and-coming host at the time, who is now 34. Well, ESPN made the decision to go with the much younger Maria Taylor. And Rachel Nichols, of course, the much more experienced host who actually had in her contract that should be to leave. It was her job to get. Again, this is the studio job for the NBA Finals and ABC, a real prestigious job. ESPN bypassed all that and gave it to Maria Taylor. And last year, last July, Rachel Nichols on a call left her camera audio going and said on a phone call with LeBron James's PR manager, kind of funny there, LeBron James popping up here, that Rachel, she pretty much insinuated Maria Taylor only got this job because she was black. That diversity played a role into it. We'll get to that in a minute. But so this audio leaked all around media circles. I was getting calls from agents, talents, producers saying, hey, Bobby, this tape's out there. You know, we can't give it to you, but it's out there. You know, I didn't really chase it because I'm not really into releasing private phone calls. I mean, I would never do that. I think it's wrong. So I kind of let that go. But this has been in the possession of a lot of people, Stu. Mm. And in the meantime, when all this is going on, Maria Taylor, someone who makes around a million dollars a year at ESPN, she decides, hey, I'm worth $8 million a year. And she demands that. And ESPN offers her for $5 a year. And she says, no, 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 I don't need that because she knows this. ESPN, the New York Times wrote a story last year saying, hey, you guys didn't re-sign three black women. And ESPN is terrified. If they lose another, they'll blame it on that. But Stu, all you have to do is look at 30 white guys they've cut the past two, three years. So, all this comes together, and somebody, you can probably piece it together, held on to this clip for one year Mm. and waited till three weeks before Maria Taylor's contract was coming up to leak this. And I'll be frank, I put it in my piece. I texted Maria Taylor. I said, hey, you know, several sources are telling me the belief is someone in your camp, whether it was you, your manager, your mom, leaked this to the New York Times. She didn't respond. So I gave her a chance to respond. But the belief around the industry is somebody in Maria Taylor's camp leaked this to one, put pressure on ESPN that there will be a racial narrative. And two, damage Rachel Nichols, who has now lost her finals gig. And I think is in real jeopardy of probably not getting her full-time job back ever.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, there, this is perfectly timed for Maria Taylor. This, I don't think that's a coincidence. I mean, I'd be shocked if it was a coincidence. You have the NBA finals. All eyes are on uh, ESPN as we go uh, into into the end of the finals. You have this narrative out there. You have three weeks before the contract is up. I mean, it's all, it's all in theory, working out really, really well uh, for Maria Taylor. But I mean, let's go back for a second to this idea of, of leaking personal calls. This is a bigger part of this than I think uh, is being talked about. Rachel Nichols is seemingly pretty pissed off about it. Uh, You know, we just, we saw a, you know, if you go back uh, to, you know, Aaron Andrews had uh, uh, recordings of her in her hotel room, uh, famously, and it was a really bad thing and everyone I thought agreed that it was a really bad thing. You didn't just invade a woman's private space while they're in a hotel room and, and record them without their knowledge. Apparently that's out the window nowadays.
1: SBN. well Stu, and this is a much deeper problem people are media particularly the new york times and the scumbag guy i'll say his name kevin draper the scumbag who took this audio and leaked it this race baiter um these people if they have a chance to call a white person racist or make a story racial ethics don't matter personal lives don't matter there was an opportunity here to make a statement wait a minute we're going to paint rachel nichols as a racist so they don't care about anything about whether this was fair or not Stu, look what these same people, the New York Times and ESPN, look at what they've done to all like, to Drew Brees, um, mm. Donald Trump, uh, Nick Bosa, who might be a Trump supporter. They had a guy at ESPN named Mark Jones who celebrated him tearing his ACL. Politics of these guys are religion. And I don't say that from any exaggeration. I mean, these guys live in a world where they believe the country is systemically racist and at all costs, they are going to try to bring down those people that they believe have benefited from white privilege. And, of course, they say Rachel Nichols has benefited from that, although I would say she more benefited from Diane Sawyer being her mother-in-law, not the color of her skin. but i we'll digress. <laughs> you know, that that <laughs> is one of the interesting parts of this
0: is like there are just so many layers. I tried to unwind them a oh, yeah. few a few minutes ago there's so many layers of wokeness because you look at this and and I think that the typical way these stories seem to to play out, you mentioned, you know, the president, you mentioned uh, Bosa as well, where like, you know, it seems like someone who may or may not be conservative uh, uh, versus, you know, this sort of woke element that's calling them the conservatives racist. That's not the case here. I mean, they're all layers of woke. Uh, Rachel Nichols seems completely fine if her uh, being a female is able or, or Maria Taylor being a black female is able to knock out some white guy's job she just doesn't want it to be her job
1: right she's pretty much saying yeah i'm cool with you using skin color and gender to ruin that guy's career in life just don't do it to mine that's all she's saying and Stu, i want to here's the biggest point this whole picture this whole story what they're really getting rachel nichols for is saying that she insinuated that maria taylor's skin color played a role in her getting the job Stu, that's not a racist, nor is that even an offensive comment. That is true. Race plays a role in every public job right now. We just hope that race isn't the sole factor. But, I mean, networks have admitted that when they say diversities our number one priority, they're saying we're considering skin color in this job description. And, I mean, you talk to any agent, executive, on your town off the record, they will tell you, of course maria taylor's skin color played a role in her job it plays a role in everybody getting or not getting a job that's not an offensive statement that happens to be the truth i get it's uncomfortable and i'm not saying skin color was the only reason because there was other black people they could have given the job to But that was a box they considered. That that is the truth. I don't care what anybody says. You cannot convince me that that any public job, whether it's The View, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, ESPN, uh, Fox Sports, all of them, they all consider race in every public job because that's the first story the writers at The New York Times and Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy were right. So all they're doing is being proactive. It's fascinating because it's not only the truth about the situation.
0: I think to right. every, everyone knows it's the truth. It's obvious. It's also the, what the left requests. They say right. the only way to make these hires is to include race. And then when Rachel Nichols essentially right. accuses them of agreeing with the woke side of the argument, she gets beat up from the woke side of the argument.
1: Yeah, exactly. You would think that ESPL and say, ha, huh, she gets it. Of course we consider race. We, we've been telling you guys for years we're considering race. If we didn't consider race, we would be called racist. That's, that's what it all is. And um, so, again, you know, people are mad about what I'm saying because I'm the only person saying this stuff. Quite frankly, if they're mad about the truth, what does that say about them? And I would mm-hmm. tell this to every ESPN, in particular, I want to focus in on the ESPN president, Jimmy Pitaro what are you doing letting this stuff happen you have a single spine that you can find to plug in to try to get this under control you have employees their people leaking information a private conversation a year later to get money you don't deserve and i'll say it point blank and i've written this several times maria taylor is not worth eight million dollars a year very few people are worth eight million dollars a year and she's not one of them that's again not offensive that's the truth she's worth probably $1 million dollars a year she's very talented guess what espn pays for talented people she's not worth eight million dollars a year of course not so again <laughs> yeah. the truth the truth the truth is now defined as offensive and that's what bugs me so much i mean that's what i wake up and just infuriate about that, that when you say the truth is now considered offensive it, it was interesting truth to should s- always be told yeah and it was interesting to see the framing of all of
0: this at the times i mean they, they they say basically, like they talked about one employee there, a producer who apparently gave the tape initially to Maria Taylor, and she's right. the only one have, who's been punished. They, they framed right. that in a way that it was, can you believe this one black employee was the only one punished in this whole scenario? Yeah. Um, they, they talk about all of the things that they, they seemingly tried to do behind the scenes to separate these two women, uh, to to make it so that you know she would uh, Rachel Nichols would still appear, but uh, only on recorded fashion, and then they bl- banned all live reporting. I mean, the bottom line here is that every single step of the way, this was framed in th- in the favor of of Maria Taylor's camp, which is. Part of the reason why, I mean, we know how news is made. These things don't just happen. They didn't just think one day, I wonder if there's a tape. This came to them with a narrative
1: attached to it and that's how the media works all the time. Here's another wrinkle in this, and things are moving so fast. Um, I might get off the air and a story might be broken. They also waited, and here's key to this, until Maria Taylor had deep discussions with both Amazon and NBC. So Maria Taylor has a little bit of leeway here that if ESPN just says, you know, hey, it's pretty obvious. Someone, you can't leak this. They won't do that because they're afraid. But if they were to do that, she likely has at least two offers elsewhere that maybe she could do in a joint contract. So it's a combination of helping Maria get money installing fear into ESPN that there will be a racial narrative if they do not bow to her demands, Mm. Bria Taylor having some extra leverage in the market, and three, damaging Rachel Nichols because they don't like her. And to me, that last one's the worst thing, Stu. Um, There's a lot of people I don't like in media. I know almost all of them, there's a lot of them I don't like. No, I would never try to damage them personally. I would expose them because they deserve to be exposed. But to release audio just to damage them, that reveals everything you need to know about this pathetic leaker. And I'm pretty sure I know who this leaker is. I think this leaker should be um, not only embarrassed, but everybody that knows who this person is, they should look at that person and say, we're never doing business with you again, no matter what. Remember, ESPN fired um, Adnan Vert for leaking something mild. This person leaked a story that has ESPN on TMZ and entertainment news. This is the biggest ESPN story in years It is at the hands of some leaker. If I'm ESPN, they won't do it because I think their bosses are cowards. But if I'm them, I say, you just caused us the biggest fire we've had in years. We're done dealing with you. That's Mm. all they have to do. And for NBC, Amazon, any other company, if you know who this leaker is, and I'm pretty sure you do, cut off all ties, don't answer the phone, because that shows you what this person will do if you let them inside your company. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's one of these
0: things where, like, if you take the morals out of it, I mean, you could tell. If you have no ethics, they played this really well. I mean, it's going to wind up with with Maria Taylor getting probably more than $8 million, either from ESPN or Amazon or somewhere else. Uh, we got to cut it there. Uh, Bobby a media, sports, and political columnist for OutKick. Be sure to catch his latest piece, The Truth Behind the Rachel Nichols Maria Taylor Leak. Bobby, where can people find you on Twitter?
1: Yeah, uh, at Burak, Bobby, for some reason, Twitter won't let me get rid of this underscore, so you have to use an underscore. And, uh, yeah, come along. I mean, you know, probably don't read the mentions. I don't think you will come away in a pretty good mood, but uh, come for the column links. Just don't read the mentions because we don't really need that hate, do we, Stu? No, never read the mentions. Never read the mentions. Bobby, thanks so much for coming on in. Appreciate it, man.
0: I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. And Chris Cuomo is worse.com. Both are true. However, I've said many, many times, it's very, very possible that the rest of the family is absolutely delightful. I don't know. I know it's a li- I know Chris Cuomo's wife seems to want to cure COVID with like bleach baths. And we did do a show on that, but the the kids are probably fantastic. We now know a little bit something about Andrew Cuomo's uh, daughter. She has come out as demisexual. And uh, now if you are like me, you, it's possible you weren't entirely familiar with the concept of demisexuality, but let me fill you in on how this works. Demisexual people only feel sexually attracted to someone when they have an emotional bond with the person. They can be gay, straight, bisexual, or pansexual, and may have any gender uh, identity. So basically, uh, you can be, all the other groups aside, basically, you're only sexually attracted to someone who you're emotionally attracted to. I'm pretty sure that's the way it's supposed to work all the time. Doesn't that seem like kind of like the way we're supposed to do it? I mean, am I demisexual? Probably not, because I could be absolutely attracted to someone just walking by, and I guess that's not the way demisexuality works. I don't know. I will say, however, this person, uh, Andrew Cuomo's daughter, Michaela, who seems delightful, has had a lot of different identities in repeating very frequent uh, order. I mean, there's been a lot of changes here. She explains in this video.
1: We limit ourselves when we hide our eccentricities or queerness of any kind to fit into socially constructed boxes. And as long as we're growing, we're evolving. Okay. when i was in elementary school i feared that i was lesbian
0: okay when
1: i was in middle school i came out to my family and close friends as bisexual,
0: bisexual. when i was in high
1: school i discovered pansexuality and thought that's yeah. the flag for me okay and i've recently uh learned more about demisexuality and have believed that that identity
0: resonates with me most. Okay, so early on, I don't, like, either she was straight or nothing maybe, then she feared she was a lesbian, then she came out as bisexual, then she came out as pansexual, and then she's now landed on demisexuality. I'll be interested to see what, what identity she uh, plans to reveal uh, next Thursday. Uh, brand new episode. Uh, by the way, uh, we also should tell you that AOC is in the news she has come out and she's complaining about racism, which is not new. That's kind of what she does on a regular basis. This one's kind of interesting, though. She's upset at the Olympics. The Olympics, all the countries coming together in one event, that's racist. Uh, why? Well, in this particular case, it's racist against Shakari Richardson, uh, who, uh, is, uh, who tested positive for... Marijuana. Now, it's interesting because Sherry, uh, Shakeri Richardson, you may guess uh, based on the accusation of racism here that she happens to be African-American. However, every it's not like they just test African-Americans for pot. They test everyone uh, for pot. She says the, the criminalization and banning of cannabis is an instrument of racist and colonial policy. The IOC should reconsider its suspension of Miss Richardson uh, and any athletes penalized for cannabis use. She is saying any athletes, which is something, I guess. But the interesting part of this is she's saying it's racist to test people for marijuana use. Now, I know uh, that everything is racist, so I can understand why this could be racist, because it's a thing and all things are racist, uh, particularly to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Why is she saying it's racist that an African-American used uh, tested positive for pot? She seems to be acting as if this policy in and of itself is targeting African-Americans, which would indicate by her logic that African-Americans smoke pot. Which is interesting because every person I've ever known that smokes pot is white. I mean, like, I feel like Shakari Richardson is appropriating white culture by smoking pot, being a pothead is something that has been is so inherent in the white experience that I will not let this slide without calling out the appropriation of our white culture. Leave the potheadedness to us Whiteies. Back in a second. The Summer Bespoke po- Post is here to uh, take your adventures to the next level with a new lineup of must have box of awesome collections. These things are awesome. It's well titled because box of awesome is awesome. Bespoke Post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered from travel and outdoor gear to breezy summer styles, grooming goods, Box of Awesome has collections uh, for every part of your life. So basically, you take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers help them pick the right box of awesome for you. And they release new boxes every month. So you get a cool box full of all sorts of stuff that you might not have even known about, that you could use, that you might not have necessarily uh, walked into a store and would have even looked for, but they can find this stuff for you. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month, cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks, and it has more than $70 worth of gear in it. And I will say, I've never seen one any anywhere close to $70. I mean, when I've gone through these things, they're always way above. Of $70, but it's at least $70. You're getting a bargain no matter what. Plus, you'll get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up right now at boxofawesome.com and enter the code stew at checkout. Make sure to enter the code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll save 20% at boxofawesome.com. Code is stew at boxofawesome.com. Code is stew for 20% off your first box. Love getting reviews on podcasts and on YouTube. Remember, five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Quick review, it's great. Whatever is fine. Our last show was, uh, Stu does the Left's Logical Endgame. You can always go back and get the episode on YouTube. Uh, This comment, thanks Stu. I love having my reality confirmed. I think this is one of your best videos with an important message. I not only enjoyed it, I learned something about this administration. I don't think I'm going to hear anywhere else. We of course appreciate that very much. Uh, How about this one? Creepy title, great show. My idea of a good time is not watching Stu do everything, but somehow he gets me to tune in every night. It's great, whatever. Five stars, and that is the appropriate number of stars. Who doesn't love Stu? If you didn't get it before, now you will. And that's perfect. And look, the five stars are right there and we appreciate it. Uh, Stu Does America, I guess I like this stupid show, whatever. I'm more concerned about hurting people like Rachel Maddow by reviewing it with the appropriate amount of stars, five. And it's true. When you rate this and review the show and listen to this show and share it with people that you think might enjoy it, you not only help me, you hurt others. That's the most important thing here. People like Rachel Maddow are out there thinking they've got this top podcast. And all of a sudden, this stupid stew does America. What what is that? She waves it away like a fly. It hurts her. She feels bad when you do it. And that's why you should go and put in your review right now. Back in a second. Said it about 100 times today, but you should also know that it's on a T-shirt. And so you could be saying it without even using the words. Wokenessisweakness.com is the place to go. Get that on and remind people that you know that wokeness is weakness. They're one and the same. Uh, that'll bring you to the whole merch site, by the way. And uh, we have all sorts of great merch there, uh, including uh, Andrew is Awful, Chris is Worse uh, mugs. We've got the Nancy Pelosi Sucks pens. We've been order- ordering a-, a few more of now. So they are in stock. Plus, you can always subscribe here at blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. We'll see you tomorrow.